0: Welcome back to Say Your Story. I'm Dean Stevens. This episode 10 features one of our Ripple family members. He started working in our nonprofit incubator a few months back. I first met him two years ago while doing a story in a local high school's Jefferson Award Student in Action program. Never did I think the ripple effect that took place that day. And today, Sam Clements, the executive director of Doors to Dream, says his story. And Sam, joining us right now on Say Your Story. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thank you for having me. Excited right, to be here. All right, so quick question for you. Um, you got uh, Game 7 of the World Series. Yeah. Uh, bases loaded. hmm You're down a pair. Down a pair. Uh, you come up to bat. Yeah. What's your walk-up song?
1: Oh, uh, walk-up song? So in high school, uh, unfortunately, my... My buddy was the guy who was in charge of the walk-up song, so every year it was Glamorous by Fergie. But I think <laughs> if I had my choice at it, it would be uh, Your Love by the outfield. It just always hits. Yeah. Oh, 100%.
0: Okay, very good. You know, I think the, the best walk-up I ever experienced was um, Braves-Indians World Series mm-hmm. back in the 90s, uh, covering the game at Jacobs Field. Yeah. Um, and it was uh, Albert Bell was coming up to bat, leading off the ninth. Uh, a fog had started rolling off the lake over the center field wall, and it was kind of cool. And all of a sudden, ACDC's Hell's Bells comes on. Boom. It was like, it was a chill moment. It was yeah. goosebump all over the body, man. It was the coolest thing I ever saw.
1: That is pretty cool.
0: I know. So, um, Doors to Dream. When'd you get involved? Why'd you get involved?
1: So Doors to Dream started in January of 2019 with our uh, co-founder, uh, Carrie Dunn, going over to Burke High School and getting the thing going. I didn't start off until August 2019. So I was in Nashville uh, doing Teach for America. I taught eighth grade science and my two years in the core were up and uh, I had a girl in Charleston who was working and I was at a good transition period, so I decided to move and luckily found this job that was perfect for me. I was able to work with students. Um, I was able to be in that education realm, but not necessarily in the classroom, which I was looking for a break from. So this opportunity arose and I applied and Carrie actually told me I was uh, I applied on a Tuesday, they closed the application on a Wednesday and I got the job on a Thursday. It worked out very, very well for me.
0: So that was right about the time that you and I first met when mm-hmm. we did a story in the student in action program, the Jefferson Awards, right? Yeah. You must not have been there very long.
1: We were there for a few months at that point. We we kind of hit the ground running. We had such an amazing group of students, uh, right off the bat, that made our jobs a whole heck of a lot easier. And Obviously, we're impressive enough to, to catch the eye of Dean Stevens Channel 4.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, I always ask when people come in here for you to give them the elevator pitch, and um, I still want you to do that. But the cool thing with the podcast, it doesn't have to be 30 seconds, Beautiful. right? Yeah. So, I mean, I'd love for you to expand a little bit about what you guys do because it's inspirational and it's life-changing.
1: Absolutely. So, Doors to Dream. We work to uh, inspire underserved youth. Uh, we are in four schools currently. We are at Burke High School and North Charleston High School. And then there are two feeder programs, Simmons-Pinckney, which goes into Burke, and then Morningside Middle, which goes into North Charleston. We open doors for them, or we we seek to open doors for them to find their dream. It's a very fitting name. right? And that those doors that they open, they may not like what's on the other side, but and that's okay. We're just trying to get them exposed to as much as we possibly can. Uh, the main vehicle in which we do that is through service projects. We work with students to figure out what they're passionate about, who they care about, what issues they want to uh, tackle, to face, to, to help solve and to be change agents in this community. And once we find that passion, we, we work with them to actually plan a project.
0: That actually and those projects in their community,
1: though. Absolutely. So we ask them the magic wand question. And I'll, all listeners, I, I implore you to answer this question as well. If I gave you a magic wand with a little twist and an abca- abracadabra what issue would you want to help solve or what population would you want to help? And once you get to that main crux of what breaks your heart, it's very easy to find out what students really care about. And they, they're the experts. They're the ones who see it every single day. They know the issues and the needs of their communities and of their neighbors. And we try not to get in the way of that. We let them run with it. And whatever whatever that may be, whether it's serving kids at Chang Children's Hospital or whether it's helping out the, the homeless population in town, we we just work with them to to achieve their dreams and to help the people that they want to help. So it's all student led asset based, which is really, really cool and inspiring to see kind of play out.
0: The thing that I that I that I love listening and, and when you share with other people is that you you break away from that curriculum as well, right? We're not gonna go in and drill you on algebra today or trigonometry, right, or bio two. It's life stuff. It's real life stuff.
1: Yeah, and a lot of our students are not great at school, and, and to no fault of their own, it's just there's, there's a lot of flaws in our educational system, and so a lot of students are just passed along from Algebra 1 to Algebra 2 to trig, and you, you're not gonna be good at Algebra 2 if you didn't do very well in Algebra 1, but yet they're expected to do so. So we try to give them wins in a very real-world way, and, and allow them to see what their potential is, and what they're capable of, and how much of an impact they, they can have in a very real-world way. So instead of taking a math test and, you know, doing as well as they can, uh they get to build a playhouse and watch kids run into it after they're done and squeal and start acting like pirates or acting like fairy right. princesses. So that very real world experience I think is very valuable to them and not something that they get in their day-to-day academic uh lives.
0: And I think that can be that can be expressed across every school in this district, right? is that I think a lot of our kids don't get that real-life experience. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, because the, the kids that I met when we did the story, I think they were sophomores, mm-hmm. and now they're seniors, and they've come by Ripple. They've hung out here. Um, and I know you keep kind of a small group, which is what you want. Mm-hmm. But those 8 to 10 kids, I mean, where are they going now?
1: So those sophomores and those rambunctious sophomores that you interviewed way back when, are now headed off to great things. We have three that are enlisting into the armed services uh, and then planning on using that to then pay for their school, which is, I think, a very thrifty and you know smart way to go about it. Uh, some of them are going to Trident and taking advantage of the free community college here in town and then going off to four-year colleges afterwards. Some are trying to be in IT. Some are trying to be computer engineers. Some are trying to be nurses. Some want to go into law enforcement. They, they really run the gamut on, on what they're shooting for, which is uh, really cool to see that transformation over those three years. And that's
0: generational change oh, that yeah. you guys are making, right?
1: Absolutely. Well, we we want to inspire students to know what they're capable of, and, and they're capable of so much. And so giving them the, the opportunities to go out there and actually seize and, and conquer and do and see their success really play out, I think is such a powerful shift in mindset for a lot of these kids and not only are we working with them we're you know working with their siblings we now have a freshman who is the Mm. little brother of uh one of our seniors who just graduated so it becomes a familial thing and i think that's such a cool way to go about uh you know shifting the life trajectory of some of some people here in charleston
0: because you know you've done that
1: absolutely and it's it's I think that's probably one of the greatest joys of my job is as hard as it is seeing these 7 to 8 seniors leave. I know that they're going off and they're going to accomplish whatever they want to accomplish and I think a big thing for me is at the school that I taught at in Nashville, we always pledged to to strive to be our best so that our students could live inspired and purposeful lives. And I know that every single one of my students who's graduating this year or graduated are now proud Burke alumni are going on to do just that. They're going on to live an inspired, purposeful life, uh, chasing whatever dream they desire, which I think is, you know, such a cool thing to witness. It's powerful, though. Very. Right. And
0: that's the that's the ripple effect that you're having Mm -hmm. directly on their lives and what your nonprofit is able to do for them. Mm-hmm. Right, because you've already seen it. You dropped that pebble in there two years ago, and now you see that ripple going away into colleges, into four-year colleges, two-year colleges, in the military, and then five years from now, that ripple is going to come back, and somebody's going to go, "Hey, do you remember me?"
1: Oh, I, I, it just, I just got goosebumps. Like that's going to right? be such an amazing feeling, and, and knowing that, like I know their parents, and I know their whole family, like I just kind of mentioned, and I know that not only did i hopefully have a ripple effect on you know the 20 students that we have within our reach over the uh, two high schools but i know that their ripple because of that is going to go Mm. on to you know columbia to florence to chicago wherever they end up going they're now going to take what they learned and this this fire to to serve right and their ripple is only gonna get bigger and it's it's only going to expand.
0: Right. You have no idea how their how far their ripple's gonna go.
1: Oh, and I with the students that just graduated and then the students that we have now in our in our system and in our program, that ripple is could be endless, which is just so, so fun to think about.
0: So what gap are you filling? Are you filling the gap of um that support system? For the kid, or to have just an extra set of adult eyes and ears in their life,
1: I think that the the gap that we are filling um, one is an is an opportunity gap and an exposure gap. A lot of our students mm-hmm. have so many responsibilities that we can't even imagine. Particularly when I was in high school, I can't even imagine. That they aren't able to experience a lot because they got to go home and take care of siblings. They got to go to work to help pay the to pay the bills back at home. So, giving them an opportunity to see all that Charleston has to offer, whether that's taking them down to Colonial Lake and, and fishing and seeing the joy when one of our students pulled in a huge redfish. How did right? that go, by the way? Oh, hilarious! Gosh, so funny. And they, the first, and they probably never fished there before. Absolutely not. And and you know they were they were patient, which I was. I, I commended them for it because whenever I go fishing I, I definitely <laughs> am not but they they did such an amazing job like kind of you know listening first off to the people who are helping us out the DNR folks and then they have the patience to actually make it happen and so it's experiences like that that I that we're trying that we're trying to offer to students and we're also trying to expand their networks um, the fact of the matter is that a lot of our students aren't able to call on a friend to talk to their dad to get them an internship over the summer. It's just, Mm. it's just not how, um, not how it works, unfortunately. So we're trying to give them people in their lives who have a vested interest in them, but also has a huge network that they can then tap into. And that's where they can begin to explore their dreams and what they're actually passionate about career wise. And that's, that's going to be a, that's going to be a legacy thing, I think for us. And Mm. and I'm really excited to kind of see that come to fruition. So I would say the network gap, the opportunity gap and then also uh, just the ability to go and serve and help people. And I think is such an important thing for everyone to do and uh, allowing or giving the opportunity for students to do that is, is,
0: is inspiring to me. When did you figure that out in your life? Fairly early, I'm going to guess. Yeah. And so, I'm really interested to know how that worked.
1: So uh, my dad was a doctor and I think watching him go into people's lives and and make a direct very physical impact on health and on um, the well-being of not only the patient but their families as well was really inspiring to me Uh, my mom was a public defender for a number of years and so it's just their example really kind of pushed me to want to help so like most boys are, I wanted to follow in the footsteps of my dad, and I wanted to be a doctor. And I kind of followed that trend um, all the way through college. For the life of me, I don't know why I majored in what I majored in in the sciences. I'm using it very well now, huh? But <laughs> I, I knew that I wanted to help. And so the education aspect of that came uh, when I was going into my senior year of college. I worked at, at North a, Carolina. At North Carolina. Go Heels. I worked at a camp out in Colorado called Camp Chile, and I was a hiking counselor. And it to this day, it's the second best job, best being the executive director of Towards the Dream, of course, <laughs> second best being a hiking counselor at Camp Chile. And it, working with kids was probably one of the happiest that I've ever been. And when I called my mom and talked to her about it, she goes, you know you really like this, right? And I was mm. like, you know what, I kind of do. And there was this... Um, this kid named uh, Manny so this camp like most summer camps are pretty expensive and they but they give out a few scholarships which I think is a really cool opportunity for some students and Manny was from the south side of Chicago and had never seen a mountain in his life and he on the second day of camp he decided he wanted to go on a nine mile hike with me and I was like okay man are you sure you you got this you ready and boy did well he was wheezing by the end of it but he was in the back with me and every single time i asked him if he wanted to take a break he said no man i got i gotta finish this i gotta finish this i'm going to finish this and i the determination on this kid's face just doing a nine mile hike was was honestly a life-altering moment for me i was like this kid is working his tail off taking advantage of a really sweet opportunity to to um what's the word i'm looking for to experience something that he's never experienced and he wanted to make the absolute most of it Mm. so manny was kind of the star of the camp uh everyone loved him because you know he was manny he was laughing he was joking but when it came down to brass tacks he was like i'm going to bite off as much as i can chew this summer and by the end of the summer all of the uh, campers vote on who gets to be a counselor in training that next year and lo and behold our boy Manny swept the board and so he was coming back for this next year and I just thought that was such a cool thing that this kid from the south side of Chicago is now you know being put on like exalted by all of his camp members who had never met him before and a Mm. lot of these campers had been there for you know since they were five years old they have their group of friends right and seeing him seize that opportunity and really run with it and make the most of it inspired me to kind of get into this education realm and working with students and primarily students who are underserved in our communities. I, that, that's kind of where I ran with it. And so when I was, I came home and I was like, mom, I don't think I want to be a doctor anymore. And she goes, well, what do you want to do? I'm like, I'm not sure, but I think I want to teach. And then I did teach for America and absolutely loved it. And
0: and that was in Nashville? That
1: was in Nashville. Two years? Two years in Nashville. I never thought I'd be an eighth grade science teacher in my life, but I don't know if I've ever had more fun than being <laughs> an eighth grade science teacher in my life. It was such a blast, and I, it really was where I fit and where my passions laid. And, um, and you know, it's 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 really fun to get out of bed every single day knowing you get to go do what you want to do, which I think is, you know, I'm blessed in that regard.
0: What about whatever happened to Manny? Do you know?
1: So Manny went on to be a counselor in training. Um, I think he actually went back for two years of that. And That's awesome. You know, I it's, it's kind of weird, especially with a lot of those kids that I worked with. Um, I don't know what they're doing right
0: now. Gotcha. But
1: here's the thing with Manny. I ain't worried
0: about him. You know, he's somewhere. Manny's, he's leading. Manny, right? is,
1: Manny is leading the charge on something out there, and I know it's going to be pretty awesome, and I, maybe I'll find out someday. I hope so.
0: So your mom supported the idea of being a teacher. Yeah, she— did you, Then you went to your dad, or did you have mom tell dad?
1: Oh, I was a little nervous. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. I was like, Mom, <laughs> is dad going to be, like, disappointed in me? Uh, but uh, it, the funny part is that probably my seventh or eighth grade year, my mom looked at me one day and was like, I think you're going to be a teacher. I was like, dude, no, absolutely not, Mom. Like, I'm, I'm going to be a doctor. I already know what I'm going to do. Like, stop messing with my plan. And then I told her that I wanted to be a teacher. And she goes, you know, you should listen to me more often. And, you know, as, as much as it pains me to say, Mom's always right. And so right. she called it from a very young age. Uh,
0: but I think it's a great, I think the great lesson here is for every parent who's got a child trying to figure out what's going to happen, mm-hmm. right, is where do you find your joy? Right. And where do you find your why? You found your joy on that mountain with Manny and you Mm -hmm. found your why at the same time.
1: Yeah. And it serendipity is a weird thing, right? It it just, it just kind of clicked like that and it just kind of happened. And it wasn't like a progression over time. It was really like a snap of your fingers moment where I was like, oh, this is. I I like this. This is a burning bush. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, throughout the summer just had multiple experiences just like that, where kids were overcoming, you know, 2 a.m. wake ups to go on 27 mile hikes, but, you know, just loving every second of it. I was like, this is, this is where I'm supposed to be. Maybe not on a mountain, hopefully maybe again on a mountain someday, but at least in a classroom or in a community with uh, students who are really ready to take on that challenge of, you know, Conquering whatever comes in front of them, and and yeah, you know along the way making the world a little bit of a better place,
0: and exposing the community to what you're doing as well.
1: Absolutely, I think um, I think with a lot of the schools that we work with, there there's such a you know negative perception, if you will, but that's because a lot of people don't go into the schools and see all of the amazing things that are going on. So really showing the community, hey, these kids are awesome. They've logged. They've helped over, over the past three years. Our group of seniors have planned and executed over 12 service projects and impacted over 2,000 people. There you and go. And they're high school kids. And they, you know, that's amazing. And that's such an awesome feat. And so, really making sure that people know, you know, these kids are, you know, they, they can do a whole heck of a lot. You just got to put them in the right situation and then also providing the skills to succeed in those situations.
0: And I've watched you do it and I congratulate you and it's um, awesome to have you here at Ripple man. Hey well Ripple's
1: been such a blessing to me. I doors the dream would not be where we are without you, without Jerry and then without the other nonprofits here. We've grown tremendously and I, I truly um, I truly think that's because of this place. So yeah. I'm blessed to be here. thank you' all so much. Uh, it's been a joy.
0: Thanks for saying your story. Absolutely. And if you'd like to learn more about Doors to Dream, the website doors to Dream.org. Doors to Dream, one of 20 nonprofits which work out of our nonprofit incubator in downtown Charleston. To follow us, you can just search Ripple Fund on Instagram. Hope you have a great week. Our thanks to Bullets Benign for the music, and for Sam, of course, for his story. I'm Dean Stevens, and you're listening to Say Your Story. Cause I'm
1: finding my way back to you hey